Listener Production. I don't know if you remember, but about f***ing 10 years ago, pulled meat was all very f***ing trendy, along with shit like chipotle mayonnaise and dubstep. And as for f***ing powdered guacamole, most unexcellent, dude. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I reckon. No, 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 that's not what I reckon. That's a YouTube sensation called That's What I Reckon. He's a tattooed, heavily pierced, heavy metal musician slash comedian slash unlikely celebrity, maybe not chef, but cook. Now, he blew up during the pandemic. He's got 1.6 million followers on Facebook, and he's had over 20 million views on YouTube. And in this episode, you'll get his fascinating backstory. Long before the tats, the swearing, and all of that, he actually grew up in Hillsong, and he almost lost a lung. I got glandular fever and then it kind of kicked off and yeah, it almost killed me that one. <laughs> me up pretty bad. And that's what I reckon. That's a fascinating interview coming up in the second half of the briefing. It is Monday, the 22nd of November. Thank you for joining us. First, Katrina Blouse is here as we bring you the headlines. Well, the International Olympic Committee has confirmed Chinese tennis player Peng Shuai is safe and well. Yeah, so Peng Shuai is a former doubles world number one and three-time Olympian, and she hadn't been seen or heard from publicly for three weeks after she accused former vice premier Zhang Gaoli of sexual assault. The International Olympic Committee President Thomas Bach held a video call with her overnight. At the beginning of this 30-minute call, uh, Peng Shuai thanked the IOC for its concern about her well-being. Yeah, so she explained that she's safe and well. She's living at her home in Beijing, but would like her privacy respected at this time. So this call with the IOC comes after a number of images were released by Chinese authorities over the last few days. But Katrina, that hadn't really convinced a lot of people. The IOC has uh, also released some photographs of this video chat uh, just to shut down any further speculation. And in those pictures, she is smiling and happily chatting. And the army's being deployed to two remote Northern Territory communities to enforce a strict lockdown after new COVID cases were uncovered. These are strong measures, but the threat to lives is extreme. That's the Territory Chief Minister Michael Gunner speaking there after the cluster climbed to over 30 cases. Yeah, so residents in Binjari and Rockhole can only leave their homes for medical treatment or an emergency. I guess, Katrina, this is the sort of situation we've been worried about for the whole pandemic. There'd be an outbreak in a a really vulnerable remote Indigenous community where there are a lot of pre-existing health conditions and also really low vaccination rates. So I guess that's why Michael Gunner is going so hard on this, deploying 20 defence personnel for what are very small communities. Meanwhile, thousands of protesters have marched against COVID vaccine mandates across capital cities all across the country over the weekend. Yeah, so Sydney appeared to be the biggest, with an estimated 10,000 people marching on the streets, but thousands marched in Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide and Perth. And in some of those cities, the protesters were met by counter-protesters, people supportive of vaccine mandates. Yeah, so that's the first time we've seen that. Thankfully, that didn't result in violence, but there are fears these protests could get ugly after days of tension on the streets of Melbourne in particular. And up here in Brisbane, Tom, extra Mm. police have had to be put on at COVID press conferences because politicians are getting death threats 
case and uh, so are doctors who are aligned with the Queensland Medical Association. So extra uh, close personal protection officers as well as mm. uniformed officers are now uh, very present at all those press conferences happening in Brisbane. Yeah, and I think those fears have sort of escalated this political fight between the state premiers and Scott Morrison, the state premiers, the Labor premiers in particular, were accusing him of um, not condemning some of the concerning vision we saw out of Melbourne late last week, um, saying that he was sort of pandering to the extreme elements of that protest by not condemning their actions unequivocally. And similar but much more violent tensions are erupting in Europe. Over the weekend, there have been some pretty fiery protests across several European cities over vaccine mandates and more lockdowns ahead of an expected fourth wave of COVID infections. So in the Netherlands, people hurled fireworks at police, set fire to bicycles uh, and officers fired warning shots at crowds, injuring several people across two nights. They were protesting restrictions on bars, restaurants and sporting events. Tens of thousands of people have been marching in Austria against a national lockdown, a a 20-day lockdown for both unvaccinated and vaccinated people and also plans to make COVID vaccines compulsory from February next year. Yeah, so the rising cases in Europe have the World Health Organisation very worried, quote, um, they say unless restrictions are reintroduced, up to half a million people could die by next spring. Um, It's sort of almost don't want to look as these case numbers go up um, Mm. in the winter in Europe. Katrina, wondering what might happen here next year, um, let alone, you know, the lives that could be lost there. Although one thing that I think we can take heart from is that certainly vaccination rates are much higher here in Australia Mm. already than they are in some of those European countries. Yeah, well, lots of them are stuck in the 60s, Germany, Austria, the Netherlands. So kind of surprising and just how different we are here in Australia that people, you know, for all the debate about um, vaccines, vaccine mandates, that we're actually compared to all these other countries, really, really keen to get the jab. Especially since we started off um, quite late in the race. So um, good on you, Australia. And the Channel 7 presenter at the centre of the controversy over the cancelled Adele interview says he's mortified. Okay, so what about this? It's been revealed Mm. Adele's label Sony reportedly withdrew permission to broadcast an exclusive Australian TV interview after she realised the interviewer, Sunrise co-host and Seven Network star Matt Doran hadn't listened to her new album 30, despite having the whole flight to London to hear it. Yeah, this is an absolute um, shocker. Hate to join a pile on on the guy here. He must be feeling... (laughs) terrible but um basically she asked him after 20 minutes of interviewing what he thought of the album and he admitted that he'd only listened to one of the singles not the whole album now other media outlets are reporting that channel 7 paid a million dollars for last night's tv special in which this interview was supposed to be the key feature So, Tom, full disclosure, I work for The Seven Network. Mm. I don't know the ins and outs of this. Um, Matt Doran is a much-loved member of the the Seven team. Everyone thinks he's a great guy. But in an interview with the Australian newspaper, Doran has said that he was absolutely mortified and unequivocally apologetic. He says that he was emailed a link to this uh, album before a flight on an e-card and that... He missed it, and it's the most important email he's ever missed in his career. 
Yes, I apparently had that link there before that flight to London, but uh, didn't didn't click through. Um, you'd have to wonder whether someone on his team sort of checked in and said, hey, mate, did you get that yeah. email about Adele's album? <laughs> That's normally Anyways. what happens, isn't it? Before you go through a big interview, your producer who's been prepping you for it says, hey, I sent this. Have you got it? Have you listened to it? But, yeah, who knows what happened in this case? Oh, yeah. Um, and you've got to listen to the album because it's, it's going to fuel so much of a of a good interview. You know, this album deals with her divorce and so much personal stuff and she hadn't released an album for seven years. So you've got to get into the material of it. In these quotes he's got in the Australian newspaper today, um, Matt Doran said um, he disputed the reports that she'd stormed out of the interview and that he was formally suspended by seven, but he did have a week off air. Yeah, who knows what happened there. I'm sure more will come out in the coming days. All right, Katrina, we'll catch you tomorrow. Uh, Jan Fran's about to jump back on the podcast as we interview, and that's what I reckon. So in a bowl, I'm going to put two heaped tablespoons of paprika, the same of cumin, and I'm choosing to put in powdered chipotle. You can put in powdered chili. You can put in no chili. Do what you like. Now this is a fairly big piece of meat, so I'm going to kind of cut it in half. Hi, it's Jan here. And if you haven't heard of Nats, what I reckon, where the have you been? <laughs> I think I've exhausted the amount of times I can say that word on this show. Our producer's looking at me a bit funny. But Nats, what I reckon, is a pandemic social media star cooking sweary, no bullshit meals on his Facebook and YouTube channels. And you've actually made some of his stuff. I have. I've made the brisket nachos and they were delicious. That's what I reckon. Thank you for joining us on The Briefing. Now, often when you see someone who's a YouTube star, you kind of wrongly assume that it's happened overnight, that they've come out of nowhere and gone viral, which is almost never true. So how far back does this journey of cooking and heavy metal and whatever the hell you are now go back? Yeah, I'm like an impatient, can't decide kind of person. <laughs> Music's always been the thing I've wanted to, you know, that's that's been my goal since I was a kid. I just want to be a rock star and and playing bands. And unfortunately, the kind of music I play is pretty tough to get uh, paid doing. But it's also like I'm I'm fairly disorganised on that front. <laughs> it's just been tricky. Yeah, I just love doing so much shit. First and foremost is taking the piss and having a laugh. It's just it helps me with my mental health stuff and so does my rock and roll and try not to take things too seriously. I suppose social commentary is really good for that, you know. I try to do my best to uh, self-analyse my comedy a bit and make sure I'm punching the right direction and not, you know, being too much of a f- with. But <laughs> I think it's important to to call things what they are and I think a jar of sauce is very unadventurous and boring mm. and I think people are really like awesome talented people so just you you kind of you got it there to be able to do something cool and it's nice to be able to communicate a couple of tricks that I've learned with people and all the while have a laugh some people don't, you know aren't super into the swearing but for some reason still into the videos you know it's, it's a, <laughs> It's pretty hard to put your finger on what's going on. Are you a chef? Did you learn to to cook somewhere or is this just something that you do? Because you're pretty good at it. I've made a few of your recipes. 
and they're pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I made yeah, I made nice. the nacho. The, <laughs> wow. the, yeah, I've made the nacho brisket. That was good. How good was that? Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, my husband's a huge fan. He's got. <laughs> I come home some nights and he's just. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I've just been watching hours of Nats. What wow. I wow. Yeah, what a legend. <laughs> yeah, he's a legend, but he doesn't <laughs> cook <laughs> shit Nats. So I'm like, what's the point of watching these videos if it's not going to translate into the kitchen, babe? You know what I mean? But that's that's my marital problem. I don't have to foist that on you. <laughs> How do you know to cook so well? How would you get into it? My dad's a bit of a cook. He's had a bit of formal training, but he's not been a chef. He's had a, he had a cafe restaurant thing when I was a kid and I'm one of those people who's good at imitating things and I've been – like I've obsessed over cooking certain things and mm. done that with mates and just spent, you know, every single day cooking a pork belly for a week and just driving everyone nuts in my house. And I've lived in big share houses, lots of them too, and it's nice to cook for heaps of people. It's just one of those things that's made me not feel like a totally useless dead shit mm. muso has been able to actually cook something and do that for a lot of people. It's a nice simple exchange to just be able to go like, oh, you I got dinner sorted, you know, and I love it. I love that. I love seeing people like go, F- that's awesome. Yeah. That's a, I guess that's a kick out of it. Yeah, interesting to hear your dad had a cafe and so that goes back a fair way. It's obviously part of your family. The other interesting thing we thought um, when we looked at your backstory was that your dad was a um, a minister and you went to Hillsong. Yeah. Now that seems like a slight contrast with the way you present yourself these <laughs> days. So did you say the, the F word? Every second word at, at Hillsong, did you have tattoos when you're in the church or has there been a bit uh, of a journey for you here? Yeah, I think it'd be fair to say it's been a bit of a journey. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I cannot imagine you at a Hillsong no. church service. They love their like, music. Yeah, I guess. Maybe yeah. not heavy metal so much. Yeah, I don't I, – that, that was another part of my life. Those are the earlier years of my life. I was born into that stuff and, you know, Dad's not part of that stuff anymore and – yeah, things have changed I've, as I've grown. That's not I've grown away from that that thing there. It's certainly quite strange to think that but that was such a huge part of my life and fundamental part of my life for so long. Like it's f-ing hard during that time of my life. I was just in the worst shape. Like I was just just having the worst time. I'm just not a happy kid at all. Like I struggled a lot, and the church wasn't helping me. So. You know, my way is a bit sweary and a bit all over the joint and I can't pick a thing, you know, but maybe that's part of that journey a bit. Is that something you've chosen to do, like the way you talk and the way you express yourself? has Is that a strategy in any way to try and reach people that might not be reached by Nigella Lawson or Donna Hay or, um, or whoever you're trying to speak to or is it just who you are or is there a bit of a, is there something behind it all? No, there's no strategy. It's just who I am. I just talk like that. I'm not trying to manipulate anything in particular. It's just that's who I am. That's the way I talk. If you'd ask any of my mates, that's the way I, that's the way I talk. I'm this outspoken, you know, shit talker. <laughs> it's just that's, it's got me in trouble occasionally. But yeah, I think it's just about being just I can't and painfully myself in that respect is I'll just I'll just, I'll just say shit about stuff. Hey, Nats, true or false, you only have one lung? Uh, semi-true. Semi-true. <laughs> I've had a lobectomy, so I've had, a, I've had a big whack of one of my lungs removed, yeah. What happened? I had tuberculosis. Oh, wow. How'd you get that? 
well, the, the guess is that I got it travelling when I was in India. I went over when I was a teenager and went and played some sitar over there and went travelling and doing some cool stuff for Dad. And, then, yeah, a couple of years later it just manifested into a – I got glandular fever and then it kind of kicked off and, yeah, it was a real Holy really shit, that's pretty event. serious. Yeah. Yeah, it almost killed me that one. <laughs> it me up pretty bad. I didn't know it was wrong with me for ages because it's not particularly what you would think common over here. So I got pre- by the time I'd worked it out, I was pretty sick. Do you reckon that's why you got into like good food, good cooking, eating healthy? Yeah, I suppose so. Like some of the cooking stuff was like it's certainly not part of anyone's weight loss program. The way I've cooked some things, no. cooking food for myself came out of a few parts of necessity. One of them's being on the dole for so long and being like, <laughs> well, it's actually not that cheap ordering takeout all the time. And the other one is that that gave me something to do. Like during those times where I was a bit down and out, mm-hmm. being six sucks and it f- up and does shit to your head. That's no good. But yeah, so the new book, Death to Jar Sauce. You obviously got a real problem with those jars and that prepackaged kind of mentality. Is this <laughs> is this really a deeper book about self empowerment? Is that what's going on here, or do you just hate those jars? Well, no, it would it would be much closer to self empowerment and about. And about not taking it too seriously. It's like the death to jar sauce, you know, it is the scapegoat for the whole thing a bit. It's like, you know, it is a jar of sauce. It's not, it's just so boring. It's just sucks. <laughs> it's unadventurous and it's, we all need a bit of an adventure and a, a bit of a story in your life, you know, and a story doesn't come from opening the lid on a jar of bechamel to me. I think uh, <laughs> it's a lot more fun to, to try and do something this way. The book's about, having a laugh and if you don't feel up for cooking something, I reckon you'll still have a great time reading it because I've turned all these recipes into these comics, like episodes of shows and stuff. So it's, yeah. yeah it's not no. like your regular cookbook, is it? Like if no. someone was to <laughs> no, pick, no, 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 no. No, if someone was to pick up a copy of this book, like I'm just going to tell you straight up right now, there's no photographs of food. So nah. I'm, I'm just, I'm going to shoot you the first question in your own book, Nats. Why mm. didn't you get a full colour book printed with photos of all the food in it, Nat, you bloody dickhead? <laughs> uh, well, there's a couple of reasons. One, it makes it tricky to to print copies of books in Australia and takes a long, long time to uh, to get colour, full colour things made. And plus, like, two colours is fine. I like one. <laughs> <laughs> Two and colours it, does it. It's easier to turn into a tattoo that way. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but it, it's – and it also is like it, it's a nice little book, you know. Well, it's not little, but it's a like novel-sized book. So you can chuck it in your bag. It's hard to chuck most cookbooks in your bag without needing a Panadol because the thing's like an atlas. This thing's it's a pocket rocket, really. It's a great – Suits, man, it's, a, it's fun to work within that parameter. You're picking like, we've gone through some big colours. I thought, you know, safety orange was next. But uh, <laughs> we've kind of gone the hot pink. Mm. It's, it's wild to see food drawn, like 25 different recipes drawn in pink, but it works. It, it works. Somehow and the, co- it works. the comic book vibe is kind of awesome and something I've never seen in cooking. Jen, I think if you wanted another Donna Hay cookbook, just go and buy one. <laughs> 
excuse me, I'm the one that cooks <laughs> Nat's recipes, not you. <laughs> Don't look at me. And, although I do cook Donna Hayes recipes as well, I'm just saying. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, your, your book is so, it's so very, I guess it's so very you. Like what what else would we expect from Nat's, what I reckon? You wouldn't expect a, you know, a Donna Hayes style cookbook, no shade. Yeah, can't, yeah. can't do anything normally, no. <laughs> no, exactly. And that's what I reckon dinner party, your top three tips for having a dinner party. What are they? Well, the lighting for me, I'm, mm. I'm lighting obsessed. I reckon lighting, get the lights sorted out. If you've got fluoros, piss those off and buy a couple yes. of candles. Mm. I, agree, I agree with this. You know what I mean? Just eating under fluoros makes everything feel a bit like you're eating in, you know, the waiting room at the RPA. <laughs> Not that, you know, sometimes it's got to happen, but... I've been there. You go to the, you go to the Seven Eleven. You bring back a pie. You're sitting in the emergency yeah. room at RPA. <laughs> Bad scene. Okay, that's not the vibe. Fluoros out. Soften the lights. Candles it's so in. important. But yeah, I like a uh, I like the tunes. Get the tunes in order. I'm oh, quite yeah. a, I like my uh, like a bit of dinner jazz. You know, stuff like that. I don't even mind if it's a little bit. A little bit corny. You bit know? Chardonnay. <laughs> bit sh- I was going to say Chardonnay. Yeah, Chardonnay. That's, that seems after dinner minty to me. <laughs> okay. All right, we've got lighting. We've got tunes and the final one for top three dinner party tips. Uh, what's, the, what's the last one? Is yeah. um, if, you, if you've got a big presentation thing, if you've got like a you've made a, a roast and you want to carve it, Carve it on the table. Mm. Do it on the table. It's exciting for everyone. Embrace the performance art. Mm. Yeah, turn it up. (laughs) Turn it up. Get the party going. Or if you've made too much shit and you can't fit it on a plate and you can't work out how many people want what they want, bung it all on the counter, stick the plates on the table and everyone can send it over there. And that's what I reckon. I reckon he's the bloody funny dude. He is, yeah. Yeah. Good chat. And I think he's just, he's such an authentic guy. Yeah. And they I mean, we we're trying to get in there. I think there's somewhere in there a deeper meaning to what he does, that it's sort of in, very inclusive in, in who would follow his stuff and yeah. get, get into cooking and maybe improve the way they eat and live. You need to get into some of his recipes now. Go home, cook yourself some Alfredo pasta. I definitely need help in the kitchen. <laughs> Tomorrow on the briefing, what is happening on the Poland Belarus border? Listener.